hosts, David Delo Lopez and Jason Smith. This is The Metalist. Welcome, everybody. Thanks again for joining us whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this. The Metalist Podcast. Dave. Jason. Today we're going to talk about something I've been looking forward to talking about for a long time. We're talking about Morbid Angel, Florida Zone, one of the originators. Uh, this specifically to me was brought upon by we. I was going to go try to see that Cannibal and Morbid Angel tour. Jason was lucky enough to not be sick and broke for it. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, I'm going to, you know, this particular show is dedicated to my little brother because Morbid Angel and Pearl Jam are his two favorite bands of all time. Awesome. He is by far the biggest Morbid Angel fan I've ever met. I've, I've never really met. I mean, I've known tons of people that like him, mm-hmm. but I've never met anybody was like, that's their shit. You know what I mean? Like you do with like, okay, just in death metal alone. Like you meet lots of like suffocation fans, tons of cannibal corpse fans. Oh yeah. Lots of people like obituary is my shit. I've just never seen that a lot with Morbid Angel. Yeah, no doubt. So let's get into it. Well, uh, do you remember the first time you ever heard Morbid Angel? The first time I heard Morbid Angel, probably like a lot of people, man. Like I heard God of Emptiness on Beavis and Butthead. Nice. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't think there's ever been a band. Well, okay, not true. White Zombie was made by Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. But there was a lot of bands, and Morbid Angel's one of them, where they really caught a lot of steam from Beavis and Butthead. Oh, yeah? Oh, dude, Beavis and Butthead was fucking huge, dude. It was huge. Oh, yeah. Even I watched it, and I hated those guys. Like, I couldn't fucking stand them, and I still watched it. Everybody watched it. MTV was God, and everybody watched Beavis and Butthead, especially every metalhead. Yeah. Okay, was watching Beavis and Butthead. Because, I mean, honestly, like, as much as I hated Beavis and Butthead, it was cool because now all of a sudden, as a metalhead, it's like, oh, like, we have something now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, we're not... It's not even like we're not, it, that's not, it's, it's, we finally have a thing. Mm-hmm. The conduit. Okay. So obviously we had Headbangers Ball, but that wasn't like, I mean, that was showing up fucking like Saturday night, like really mm-hmm. late. Like, I mean, Beavis and Butthead was on all the fucking time. Yeah. They're showing reruns of it all the fucking time. Like it was, it was so much bigger than Headbangers Ball. And Headbangers was, Ball was kind of on its way out by then too. Well, right? by then it was kind of on its way. Yeah, for sure. Everything, you know, alternatives, you know, so the buzz bin and stuff like that was was on the rise. And it was like, we finally, all of a sudden it was like, oh, wait, we have this other, you yeah. know, we have this other person speaking for us, I guess. I mean, and, you know, yeah, I mean, they didn't show just metal stuff. I mean, they showed punk stuff and, and they showed some alternative stuff as well, but they showed a lot of metal stuff on there. And Absolutely. it was like, I mean, for fuck's sakes, they're wearing ACDC and Metallica shirts. Mm-hmm. Like, so... To me, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, these guys give it a bad name. They're fucking total fucking tools. But oh yeah, it, but it was very time, emblematic. It, it, it was funny. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not like I sat there scowling at it the whole time. I mean, yeah. it was fucking funny. Like, it's just there were certain things I didn't like about it, but it really made a lot of fucking bands. And Morbid oh, yeah. Angel is one of them. When you hear Beavis or sorry, Butthead, fucking both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't they both do it at one point? I think maybe both of them yeah. do. Like it was fucking hilarious, dude. Like I thought it was so fucking funny, but I had to know who that band was. You know, just again, it was just how I always did it back then. You know, you just start asking around, you know, and it's like, all right, like whatever you start asking around, asking around. And so, uh, the first album I heard of theirs was Covenant. The first album of theirs I bought was Domination. Cause you know, I had, covenant recorded and whatever so i didn't really need that Mm -hmm. uh domination was the next one out and that was the one i bought and then actually i do remember recording formulas fatal to the flesh and i didn't like that one as much 
I didn't really realize that they had switched singers. Oh, really? That was something I didn't know. Hmm. I, I, I was just like, oh, whatever. Like, so I didn't notice, you know, anything vocally. I don't know. Some of it was just, you know, because that was quite a bit of a different album, you know, I mean, especially compared to the earlier stuff. So, oh, yeah. but I was familiar with them. I mean, I'd seen like the ads for like Altars of Madness and fucking, you know, um, Blessed Are the Sick and stuff like that. I just, and I obviously like the logo catches your eye. I mean, it's super oh, yeah. busy. I don't necessarily like it, but it definitely catches your eye. And it definitely lets you know what kind of band they are. They've never changed it either, right? No, it's still the same. It was one of those things. It's like, well, you know, you see that logo and you're like, you know exactly what this band's about. I mean, mm. they're fucking, you know, whatever. So where did you first uh, see, hear Morbid Angel? One of those things. I can't remember the exact time. I just remember when I started really making a concerted effort to get into death metal full on. And when I was like 13 going on. 14-ish, I just, there was already bands I was aware of for years and years and years, Cannibal being the first with Ace Ventura, you know, however many years before, but the omnipresence of Napalm Death, the uh, the Mortal Kombat soundtrack, maybe, I don't remember how it would have been, but Morbid Angel was one of those bands that was just always there, right? So I remember trying to get into them, and they were also named one of the 10 most important metal bands uh, by Rolling Stone in 1999. Uh, so I was like, well, okay, I got to... Uh, that, that is, uh, same list that exposed me to Meshuggah, Queens of the Stone Age, Candiria, I think. Like, like So so I was like, okay, like, if, if these are the most important ones, I better look more into them. Soylent Green. And so I remember trying to get into them, and I remember seeing videos, and I remember hearing songs. The one that caught me, that really made me, okay, this is now it's, now it's sinking in, is watching the video for uh, Where the Slime Live on Loud. Oh, fuck, 20 years ago. And by then it had already been out for four. And then that that's kind of where I grasped. Because I, I remember seeing a lot of the videos, and I think it was live footage for older stuff that's a lot more thrashy and frantic. And then, you know, Where the Slime Live, which I guess was controversial at the time because it was different from their older stuff. It's a lot more groove-oriented. It's a lot more hooky, for lack of better definition. It's memorable. It's fucking sinister. He's wearing a ECW shirt or whatever. I meant to rewatch all these videos, but you know, I've never seen a Morbid Angel video. Hmm. But I mean, other than God of Emptiness, and yeah. I mean, it's not like they played the whole video. Um, I right. think I may have seen the whole video at some point, but I don't watch. I don't remember it at all. Like, over and over and over. But I mean, yeah, where the slime live? Uh, domination, just in general. Yeah, caught a lot of flack. They were on Giant Records, which a lot of people, it's kind of weird, but they were on Giant Records before that. So I guess, yeah, that was the thing. But there, right? was a, there was a big deal made about them being on the same label as Mariah Carey and and for a lot of like, you know, especially death metal guys, like that's, you know, that's not good. Yeah. Um, but also like the effect on the voice. Yeah. yeah you know, there was yeah. a lot of people, I heard a lot of people say stuff about that. Because I mean, at the time it was really weird because a lot of people did complain about, oh, it's slow and fucking, you know, dude, they have tons of slow songs before that. Yeah. Like tons of them. Absolutely. But the way I always saw Where the Slime Wave is not so much a death metal song, man. It's a metal song. Oh, and that yeah. song's hard as fuck. Absolutely. Like I put that on a song, on a, on a mix that uh, my girlfriend slept with a leper and I'm still cleaning the sheets. <laughs> so it was supposed to be like the, uh, it was one of my, one of my two friends it was it was one of their title mm -hmm. and the concept was we're gonna make the heaviest album ever and i was like okay cool so they wanted me to put you know make my picks and like one of my first picks obviously was hammer smash face and the other one was where the slime live like that song's awesome yeah absolutely you know like i don't care what anybody fucking says that song's hard as fuck and i think that's a very important song not necessarily to the business or anything i think it's an important song of like 
that song got a lot of fucking people, like a lot of regular metalheads, to notice a death metal song. Absolutely. You know, like, I mean, to me, is it as important as Hammer Smash Face? Probably not, but Hammer Smash Face is number one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't, Undoubtedly. I mean, so... I mean, we're talking like, do where the slime live? I mean, it's got to be in, it's easily in, you know, speaking of our podcast, top five fucking most important death metal songs to me. Like, yeah, same. Because I, it, you know, more so than earlier Morbid Angel stuff, even more so than God of Emptiness, it's, it got regular metal heads. It gave them a song, a death metal song they could get. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a little bit slower. He's not so growly Chunky that you again. can't understand His, him. It's just yeah. really low talking almost. That's really intense. You know, it's and weird. I like that phase on there. You I'm, can always hear what like, he's very, David Vincent's very understandable. I remember reading something like David Vincent was some leader in like the Church of Satan or something like that. And yeah, that um, was the thing I was always confused about was it was. Were they act? Were they Levian Satanists, which is basically just year-round Halloween, or were they like actual? Did they believe that stuff? I always thought David Vincent did. I know Trey is more into like Sumerian stuff. So that's the thing is like their lyrical content starts out super satanic, and then they shift away from that. I can't think of any satanic bands now. Like like it's e- like it's either like now nah, we didn't really believe it, or like ah eh, we got over it, or what have you. You know. Oh, almost any fucking black metal band. I mean, a, a lot of the black metal bands are, you know, highly satanic. Well, even they switched over to believing in like old, um, like, what, what, like Norse mythology stuff, and you know, it's it's interesting. Well, they always kind of had like a little bit of both, but like, yeah, you don't see a whole lot of it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there still is. Oh, you yeah, know, no but doubt. I mean, that's always interesting. Yeah. But even even not satanic, you just say like their interest in the occult. Yeah, or you just know, even anti-religious stuff. Yeah, yeah, Morbid Angel and Deicide were the two. You know, Cannibal Course didn't have a whole lot of that. Um, so, Morbid Angel in particular. So we'll keep some of that for another podcast. But Morbid Angel in particular, what I hear when I listen to these guys is I hear massive, massive amounts like groovy riffs. All of them were. Morbid Angel was the grooviest out of all of them, especially with a little bit of swing to it. Like yeah. they do it differently. They than were obituary kind of the swingiest. Did. Yeah, Obituary is more of a stomp. Yeah, and and I don't know. I I always thought like that was a big thing they had. They had these long progressions. Yeah. Um, so my number one song has a very like kind of a longer progression as far as like the main riff goes, and um, the so they they double pick this longer progression. That stuff reminds me of like, okay, well now I see where like, now I see where black metal bands, you know, because they were kind of the antithesis of, you know, American death metal. Yeah. That's what I wanted. Apparently I could see it's in like Lords of Chaos movie. Like there's a whole yeah. thing where they talk about that. Yeah. Have well, I mean, that? I remember reading the fucking, the book, yeah, it's the Swedish, or Swedish death metal, oh, that, that book. Too, yeah. And they talk about it all. The, it's it's very noted in there that that was a direct fucking response to American death metal. And I could see, you know, but they did say they pulled from elements, obviously. Um, Absolutely. That was the blueprint. But then they're like, we want to not do that, but we want to do that, but we don't want it to sound like that. So I could see those longer, you know, double pick and city parts making their way and, and, and hyper melodic, like some of those parts that Morbid Angel had bleeding into the black metal style. Mm-hmm. And so of all of the top, you know, the big four, you know, Florida death metal bands, you know, I almost say like Morbid Angel was 
and and I don't I've never really seen a lot of interviews with a lot of black metal guys, especially the old guys. I mean, I've read stories and whatever, but but I was just pictured like Morbid Angel being the biggest influence out of all of them, given the fact oh, yeah. that they were fucking satanic slash occult based, and they had that same kind of like really melodic fucking kind of like those longer progressions and stuff. Yeah, that Cradle of Filth and Dumu Borgir, like and, and Emperor, like really like brought to the forefront in their music. And then the other thing I've noticed too was um, with Morbid Angel, they were slow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, on, they were uh, very slow. Starting on Blessed, I well, yeah. I never really, you know, I've listened to Alters before, but I didn't really like listen to it, listen to it, listen to it until recently because so many people seem to think that's the best one. I was like, really? So I went back and listened to it and like, it's not going to, none of the songs are going to make my list, but they're starting to like, you know, I'm starting to register with them in a way I've never before. But it's so different to see. Well, a lot of people they, call that the mo- like the the best one or the most important one. That's people <laughs> that fucking say like, oh, well, you know, the first one's always the best. Like, oh, you the know, people like, that like kill them all the best. Yeah, they're yeah. like, oh yeah, you know, like um, uh, you know, only the demo's good, and, like yeah. you know that sort of thing. But it is a really good album. But to me, that's just like a really heavy thrash album. Exactly, like, it's yeah. heavier creator yeah. to me. Like, I about died when I saw this band like started in '83. I mean, I knew Obituary technically got started in 84. Yeah. So um, uh, Death started in 83. I think uh, Deicide might have been if around. If not by then, maybe a little later as Amon. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I knew all of them were like bands for quite a while before they actually got going. But I was surprised Morbid Angel was one of those. Because I, 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 I had known about Obituary with Executioner and I knew about Deicide with Amon. But mm-hmm. everything kind of got to this point by what's current right now and let's be heavier than that yeah it and it just seemed like a really natural other. progression yeah from all right well we're just kind of like this thrashier kind of band a la creator and slayer mm-hmm. and you know with a little more extreme vocals you know because vocally alters was you know it was quite a bit different than you know anything else at its time yeah. like i mean you know very few bands doing that sort of thing and so I, I mean, I, I see where you know, yeah, it's super important. I don't, I mean, is it their best album? I, not to me. I do have an honorable mention from it, but yeah, nothing made the list. But like, did you check out the streams? The some of the biggest songs are on Alters. That that was interesting. Oh, I never, I, I never saw that. Like, yeah, but we'll I mean, get into it. even with the slower stuff, I mean, Pete Sandoval humming on those fucking kick drums, like. I always loved the way that sounded. Yeah. And there absolutely. wasn't a whole lot of like, like we talked about with the Metallica thing, like Lars doesn't double bass a whole hell of a lot. Lombardo does, but even he doesn't do it all the time. Like, right. I mean, Pete Sandoval does it all the fucking time, like just humming on him and it's not blasting. I mean, the fucking snare isn't fucking, you know, he's not doing that. It's just a slower, almost like a slower tempo, but a higher fucking interval. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like if you bang, if you tap to the snare drum, it's, you know, yeah. But I mean, if you tap to the fucking kick drums, it's like, yeah, it's machine guns. Jazz, you know, I mean, yeah. it's fast. Like, yeah, you know, and I mean, you know, and then he does his blast stuff too. Like, I mean, it's not like they were all slow when that fucking went busted. I mean, there's some, there's fast parts, there's fast stuff on there, but they really brought that slow stuff. They also had like a lot of weird kind of like time things that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I always liked a lot of that stuff because it was different. It was sometimes they had these songs that would just jerk in like a really weird spot. And you're like, yeah. whoa, what the fuck? They kept them very interesting. One thing I did notice that, especially seeing him live, Trey's a weird motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Okay, so he always did like the keyboard, the weird 
keyboard gaming, techno-y type weird stuff. He was yeah. always into that stuff. And as the albums went on, he'd put more and more of that on there. But he's a weird motherfucker in the sense that like the entire Blessed Are the Sick album, I like I remember when I got it, like it's it, the whole thing's uh, like it's like dedicated to Mozart. You know, the the I remember the big thing with like the solo or like the second solo and where the slime live is like dedicated to Eddie Van Halen and I'm uh-huh. listening to it, my like, sounds nothing like He's such a strange guitar player. Yeah, he's unique as fuck. He's at the point where when I hear Trey Azagthoth play a solo, I'm like that fucking Futurama meme where the guy's like wondering if it's this or that. And I'm like, is he a fucking musical genius or does he have no clue what the fuck he's doing? (laughs) You know, because it really is borderline like that. Like, it's, it's so strange. Like, and I like that they're not perfect. You can hear him miss notes in some of these solos. It's not meticulously like, oh no, we gotta, you know, everything's gotta be perfect. He's not the shred style. It's a totally different fucking style. Like, I mean, again, like a lot of fucking death metal bands, as many, as much as people fucking don't like it, you know, a lot of the solos really are more like Slayer than anything else. And there's a reason why. And it's because, you know, people, a lot of people hate fucking Slayer solos because they're spastic. They don't make any fucking sense. They're out of key. And it's, it's like they sound discordant. They sound evil. Um, a little more extreme than everything else, dude. It just worked so much better. Mm-hmm. You know what? It just it sounds better. So here's here's where I want to get into some of their Florida counterparts too. Is all those dudes recorded at Morris Sound? All of them recorded at Morris Sound. But Morbid Angel was the one that never recorded with Scott Burns. Obituary, Deicide, Death, fucking Cannibal. People flew all over from around the world to record with Scott Burns. Morbid Angel was never the one, and they had their own distinct sound. Um, they always worked with some guy. I don't know if they still do, but they worked with this guy Juan Gonzalez, Juan Punchy yeah. Gonzalez. Punchy, yeah. And uh, and they, you you know, when you hear those tones, it's Morbid Angel. Trey has a very distinct guitar sound, yep. and I would say, well, I was gonna say Pete has a very distinct drum sound too, but they've replicated that with other guys since he's been gone too. So, oh yeah, well at the time though he was like the trigger guy, like he was yeah. the only guy that really fucking sounded like that. I mean until Raymond Herrera, like he was the one that really fucking sounded like that. Like, yeah, you know, and and that was the thing. Like the only person that really kind of sounded like Pete was Raymond. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know I, I always remember you know Pete the Feet. You know he was he was super fast and shit, and he had that triggered fucking sound. He was the first drummer I'd ever really heard of. Well, him and Raymond, but I mean they were they were those two were the first that really I heard the word trigger being used mm-hmm. in regards to drum. I mean obviously that word's a little different nowadays, but um, with the drums, yeah. I mean it, that was the first time I'd ever heard that was those two. But yeah, Trey has a massively unique sound, a la Slayer, like. Yeah. To the point where sometimes it's abrasive, man, and I don't want to, I, even I don't want to hear it. Like, right. you know, so when when Vincent left, like, so one of the reasons why I didn't really like formulas that much was because they did get away from, they got more, they got farther from that slow sound. I think that was a reaction to how dom- uh, Domination was received. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You listen to Domination, and then you listen to Formulas Fatal to the Flesh, and you can absolutely see like okay this album was huge everybody called this a fucking sellout okay listen to this album and it definitely sounds like hey fuckers we're still a death metal band Mm -hmm. listen to this shit and obviously by that time you know the genre is getting older 
you know, you are being influenced by other death metal bands that they're probably playing shows with. And it's like, okay, like, let's fucking go. And I mean, it was, I, th- I remember at the time, man, people, now granted, I, you know, in Idaho, there wasn't a lot of Morbid Angel fans, I, but I did know a few guys. And a lot of what they said was, you know, formulas was just like so fast, you know, it was so much faster. And I think that's probably the thing. It wasn't that I didn't like it. It's just, it made me listen to it a little bit less. Also, when it came out, you know, it's, there was other stuff going on that I was listening to different types of music that I was like getting into and stuff. So formulas, as far as like, so death metal, Morbid Angel in particular is with me is like, it's very, I can't just listen to it all the time. Yeah, for sure. Now I can listen to certain songs all the time, but I can't sit and listen to an album just on any given day and never have been able to. Mm-hmm. So to me, for me to say like, Oh, well the album I've heard the least, you know, is probably formulas. It's actually not true. Heretic is the one, but that's only because of the sound. Yeah. Formulas. I listened to the least because at the time I was probably into something else. Now I've gone back and since, and I've listened to formulas a ton yeah. and it's fucking awesome. dude. Absolutely. That album is so good. But the first one I remember hearing that I knew they had a fucking different singer and noticing that it was a different singer was fucking Gateways to Annihilation. Yeah. That's probably my favorite of the Tucker albums. I might go with you, too. See, that's you know? the thing, too. The dude. new one's really good. Don't get me wrong. The new one's really say, good. That new one's fucking great. Yeah, dude. dude. When I heard Steve Tucker, I thought he sounded more like a regular death metal yeah, singer. Yeah, absolutely. David Vincent was a little bit fucking different. He seemed more like a... Uh, I mean, obviously an extreme vocalist, but he didn't sound as as death metal because he wasn't as low. No. Um, and Steve Tucker sounded more like a fucking death metal singer, you know. But so Heretic comes out. I didn't. Lo- I did not. I still don't like. I fucking can't stand the sound on that album. Like, and yeah. it's not just the guitars. I mean, the guitars are way loud, but it's the drum sound thin. on it's really weird. It's super. Got this weird thin thing. Yeah. So then I listened to. Uh, Elude, <laughs> whatever. Divinum me, Insanus. Hey, good on you if that's, I, that's that probably what it, is? what it is. Let me see. Uh, you Elude. know, yeah, that's it. Good on you. We could just get into it now. I mean, yeah. dude, that album's not as bad as people say. It's not. I, 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 I listened to it. I told you I was going to try to listen to every possible thing, and I, li- I, I was holding out till the last minute, so I listened to this on the way up. It's not as bad, but it was definitely. If you thought Domination was their experimental record, dude, this is. It, it starts off with. Dude, they have, I'll say this, they have some ultimate whack shit on this album. Like, dude, that Destructos versus whatever. Even Uh the title's lame. They have another title that's like, what the fuck was it? Something extreme? Too extreme? Too extreme. That's That's the first actual song. fucking title It's it's got the industrial beats. Yeah, and it's got that stupid fucking... It's even like a weird hybrid, like old school industrial metal, like Nine Inch Nails morbid angel hybrid guitar tone and it sounds fucking weird yeah dude and then there's the fucking um there's another one that's got so basically there's like three or four i think it's three or four songs mm. that i noticed that really have that and not even good industrial stuff just like that whack industrial because well, between um, stints and morbid angel david vincent was doing jenna torturers with his radical was the one oh yeah with oh, the fucking Kill christ yeah. dude that yeah. shit is so fucking stupid yeah. so but the Can other I, uh, stuff, it's not that it. it's bad. It's just it doesn't sound like Morbid Angel at all. Yeah. I read this quote here on the Wikipedia real quick. Guitarist Trey calls the album an unfocused effort or a confused effort with unfocused direction ultimately leading to David Vincent's departure in 2015 and offers no apologies over the computerized beats and effects. With a comment about the song Radical, 
calling it a silly song. I had nothing to do with that thing. Wow. The abandoned child. True or not, I would say the same fucking thing. Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> this was also, if I'm not mistaken, because by that point, apparently they, they broke up with, broke up. They had Tim Young filling in on drums. He was just filling in. Pete Sandoval was out with back issues. Could you imagine the back issues caused by doing that for however long? He was killing himself trying to get to that, you know, level oh, yeah. of drumming. Oh, yeah. Uh, and apparently he converted to Christianity and they wanted nothing to do with him. Yep. That's a bummer. So now he's doing Terrorizer again, opening for Nile later this year. Stoked. Yeah, it's, I I didn't think it was that weird if you are truly satanic. Like, that's like a Satanist trying to join Sleeping Giant. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah. Well, even Deicide had Ralph Santola, who was a devout uh, Catholic. But I don't know if they're actual fucking like Satanists. Dave Vincent, to my knowledge, was an actual fucking Satanist. It seems like it was more his beef than anything, too, because they moved away. I mean, I mean, by the time David Vincent was out was when they started moving away from the Satan thing. So who knows? Yeah. But uh, so this was the only, as far as I'm aware, recording with Tim Young. And by the way, this the gap it is the only albums, one. It's the only one. Yeah, it was 8 years between this and uh, Heretic and the, you know, I remember Yeah, and I'm doing this album was coming out, man. I was like, "Holy fuck, yeah, like New, New Morbid, Morbid Angel, Angel fuck yeah. yeah." And I think that coupled with, you know, the three or four whack ass songs and then the ones that aren't whack, like they're just not quite Morbid Angel. I I think couple that with like the super hype and the weight of it being eight fucking years and holy fuck, we have a new, oh fuck, David Vincent's back. Like, I think all of that was a perfect storm for the backlash that it got and everybody saying this album fucking sucks. Now, on the whole, the album sucks. Yeah. uh, I just don't think it's as bad as what some people say. Like, you could put a couple of these songs on a Morbid Angel playlist and it would be fine. Yeah. It's not necessarily sound like morbid angel but here's another fucking thing morbid angel is easily the most experimental of all of the groups yeah absolutely especially with like intros and outros the weird um, little interludes those always yeah the interludes out. and fucking domination was like big time you know because i mean obituary is probably the second most experimental one where they were straight up getting into like some type of like hardcore stuff and they had like a couple like the remixes done to their stuff and they would put them on the album, but nowhere near the level Morbid Angel. Morbid Angel has experimented so much with death metal, easily the most experimental mm-hmm. at the at, you know maybe at the time death metal band there ever was. I mean, it doesn't seem that weird to me that they put out a fucking album like that. Like as much as it doesn't really sound like Morbid Angel, I mean for a lot of people, man, Domination didn't sound like Morbid Angel. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like okay, well now I get it. I mean, I get where you're coming from. So it's like okay, but. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, man, I mean, I mean, if you don't like it, don't, yeah, just don't, just skip that one. They got plenty of other things to listen to. And Absolutely. then the new album is just fucking awesome. Yeah, back to front Slayer, dude. Welcome back, Steve Tucker. So that was the whole thing. During this fuck, whole thing, welcome fucking Eric Rutan on the production. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. fuck. He, uh, so I was going back and forth because I've never been able to solidify whether I was more of a David Vincent or a Steve Tucker guy. After this week where I listened to damn well near nothing but Morbid Angel, I think I'm a Steve Tucker guy only because his, he's so much. David Vincent was an originator and he was and in that way. He's more unique because he was setting the standard. But Steve Tucker, just for like watching him do uh, God of Emptiness on YouTube. And then when, you know, the David Vincent evil, sinister spoken word thing, he's straight growling at the whole time. And it just sounds beefy, dude. Good stuff. I, it's weird. Like, I mean, as far as fucking death metal vocals go, I'm definitely taking Tucker over Vincent. But like, 
Tucker's only on one song on my whole list. Really? Yeah. Is he on? Okay, I think it's the same for me. I mean, some of that's because, like, that's another thing. I mean, going back and listening, you know, to, you know, trying to listen to all the stuff I don't normally listen to. And I just realized, like, all my favorite shit, you know, is earlier stuff with, with David Vincent. Like, and then I've got a few. Well, I mean, I've got a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff I like with Tucker, too. It's just I don't have. Comparatively. Well, I don't have the same. Like, I mean, by the time the Tucker era started, like, I mean, I was. There's all kinds of other death metal bands going on. So, I mean, I was listening to a lot of fucking death metal. Like, where, you know, when the stuff with David Vincent, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to choose from. So, it was like, you know, I listened to it a lot more. You know, the music is a little catchier, for sure. Not saying that, I mean, fuck, there's plenty of catchy shit with Tucker, too. I mean, goddamn, you know? Oh, so yeah. Especially going back through all that. Is it that much? I, I mean, I think it's pretty different. In the stuff with Steve, the stuff with Steve Tucker, like musically, it's a, it's pretty different. It's not as catchy. It it's seems not like as, no, not at all. It seems like know? they were trying to play catch up with the rest of what was going on around him. You know, kind of. They were. I mean, they were becoming just like this. It's almost like I mean, I almost I don't want to say it, but I mean, they became a more regular death metal yeah, band with lost fucking their Steve Tucker. And you know, but they still too. had like they still sound like Morbid Angel though. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and they still don't really sound like it. Sounds like them trying like. I don't mean this in a negative way. It sounds like them trying to sound like everybody else. Yeah, so basically, absolutely. it's like if you had somebody that. I don't even know how you would fucking say it. Like if Weird Al, who has a distinct fucking sound, tried to do a legit fucking version of Beat It by Michael Jackson, it's still going to sound like Weird Al doing a Michael Jackson song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, even though he's going out of his fucking realm to try and fucking sound quote unquote normal, Mm -hmm. it still sounds like Weird Al doing it. It's that tone. So even when these guys like their version of normal death metal it's still Morbid Angel yeah, death metal. Absolutely. Like, you know, it's just a little bit fucking different. Having said that, uh, one of my honorable mentions is Immortal Rights. It's the first, first song, song on, on Alters, yeah. and it's fucking great. Um, it's one of the few songs on Alters that I listen to regularly. I really like that one. One of the songs I really fucking like honorable mention with Steve Tucker is Nothing Is Not. That song is fucking awesome as one's fuck. That one? formulas okay man i <laughs> i still got a lot of revisiting to do yeah. we're talking about the dichotomy of tucker versus vincent material we'll stop a second yeah. and so uh, it's got the yeah, it's got the pick is, that pick rake dude yeah. it's gojira yeah like if you listen to gojira like their whole style is almost based off yeah, this so one fucking riff i want to touch on that real quick think about like we talk about influential death metal bands it's arguable to me that they are the most of the original four. I mean, aside from death, if you want to call their overarching thing, you know, influential. But like specifically, you just take what Morbid Angel did. You hear it in Gojira, who expanded on it in, in their own way. Fucking Behemoth. Um, Black Dahlia says their American influence, their biggest American influences are Morbid Angel. And uh, Well, yeah, because they have that black metal fucking thing. And anything black metal... If it's not influenced by Morbid Angel in the sense of we want to fucking sound like that, it's definitely influenced in the fucking level of that part's cool, mm-hmm. but we don't want to have anything to do with the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, again, those that tremolo picking with those longer progressions, like, I mean, that's black metal to the core. So anything, you know, even remotely you know, influenced or black metal tinged, 
almost owes itself a little bit to fucking Morbid Angel, in my opinion, Absolutely, because yeah. that's kind of what got that whole fucking thing going. So I could see Black Dahlia Murder doing that for sure. Yeah. Opeth, dude. Their biggest death metal in- metal influence period, it seems like. Dude, like, it's straight up death metal. It's straight up Morbid Angel music right with 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 well, like- i think there's gotta be sludge bands too that are like a lot of that fucking stuff which i mean you want to trace it back even further i swear you need to just start and you just need to start a whole different podcast where you just go through fucking influences you like trace the lineage and all that shit like <laughs> i would listen to that podcast but there you go you could trace that all the way back i mean you can even pro- kind of get into like fucking some of the fucking like you know the um the down tempo stuff like black tongue and oh, yeah. th- things okay, like that where yeah like where now you have that really super slow it's almost like they're like well morbid angel they're like let's take it let's do what they did yeah and let's go we're gonna do what you did except we're gonna do it slower yeah and we're gonna do it heavier you know the word i always think of when i think morbid angels that 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 e- the emotion that it evokes with those passages is sinister you know like like how many how many fucking death metal bands evoked that specific feeling you know, the way they did. They sounded evil. Yeah. There's a lot of death metal bands that aren't evil. De- Deicide does not sound as evil as Morbid Angel, dude. But I think Deicide's the other one that sounds really evil. Whatever. Yeah. Fall from Grace is another. Fall from uh, Grace is sick. That's another honorable mention because that was the first time I heard them. You know, it was the first time when I realized like, wow, I mean, these guys are really fucking like really slow. Yeah. I love that like sludginess to that fucking song and when they came out with like the remaster and stuff like it sounded so much better like oh i was like oh fuck this sounds amazing (laughs) yeah the the, uh the so earache has been going back and doing their full dynamic versions of their of their you know it's weird though is the regular version is actually louder because the regular version now is just a remake it's just a remastered version so everything's louder but some of those dude they did it for uh for scum by napalm and it sounds way better they did it for uh, a bunch of stuff with Entombed. You can't really make the first Carcass album sound better. It just sounds kind of louder. But uh, but the 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 ones for Morbid Angel, the first two albums on here, sounds so... It makes a world of difference to me, at the very least, with Alters and Blessed. Anything else in the uh, honorable mentions department? Uh, one more. Cool. I haven't... You know, obviously, it's, 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 it's a new album. But, you know, Garden of Disdain yeah, is probably the one that stuck out the quickest fucking good dude i want that new album there but that one reminds me of old morbid angel out of all the stuff on the new album like that's the one that really caught my ear as like wow this sounds like old morbid angel Mm -hmm. and i was like mother of god like this is fucking awesome i'm gonna fucking go ahead and just say right now there's probably nothing on my list that isn't like my list is probably more like most people's list would be if that makes sense. I'm sure there's an easier way to say that. I think that's pretty good. My list is, uh, there's nothing really like out there yeah. on my list that someone's going to be like, whoa, that's your, that's in your top five. My top number, like my number one might kind of be like, whoa, dude, that's kind of crazy. Okay. Oh, so on that regard, I don't know if it's in your list or if it's in your honorable mentions, where the slime live. It's it's in there. Okay. There's another one I really fucking love. And I, the only reason it didn't make my fucking list actually is because of the fucking intro part. It's just way too long. It gets annoying. When I used to fucking put this on CDs, I'd get on a wave editor and I'd cut it out. When I record it on tapes, I'd skip it and then record it on the Caesar's Palace. Yeah, okay. 
it's not really a death metal song. It's kind of just like a really kind of heavier, like, you know, just metal songs. Not super thrashy. It's chunky as fuck. Yeah. There's a lot but of stuff fuck, on man, there. That song is heavy as fuck. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that is, if it isn't instrumental, it's damn well near instrumental where it's just the focus of a lot but of that the stuff. The intro is so fucking down, 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 down. It's like, Dude, get to it already. But even after that's it, you know what? That part ends. Yep. And then they got to It's like, dude, get to the fucking song, man. Like, come on. It's got three fucking different starts. It's like, oh God. So I'm like, no. It's not going on my fucking list. But that main riff in that song, like it's just fucking it's hard dude it's fucking hard as fuck like i love that fucking song absolutely but yeah i mean there's like on gateways dude you have a really slow one i think it's he who sleeps Mm. is a really slow one um they played i live and i I, that was never a song that i was really i mean i like it but it was it was kind of one that was like it was kind of like a oh cool a morbid angel song but when I heard it live, I was like, wow, like this is this song's really fucking awesome. I was like, yeah, that one kind of changed my mind a little bit. Oh, they I have so much good stuff with Steve Tucker, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. let my fucking thing deter you in any way from listening to the fucking Steve Tucker stuff because it is fucking it's all good, dude. Like all of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, formulas, like I love it now. I didn't like it when I first heard it, but I love it now. Like, mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite albums of theirs. Like so that being said, uh, what are some of your honorable mentions? So after, you know, because they were a band I always listened to pretty consistently for the last 20 years, but really, really deciding I was going to dedicate this last week and a half or so or whatever it's been uh, to really going in and making sure I stand where I stand because, I, you know, I've changed this a lot in 20 years, I, so maybe my list is a little different. I have a big new appreciation for Alters for the first time. Blessed is awesome too, but like... And all the Steve Tucker stuff, I like, you know, because it it's, it's not about the songs, right? It's just about, like, how awesome it is, you know, sound-wise. But I've really come to appreciate some of that stuff. And I thought, you know, because I got in and it was domination and then getting into Covenant, right? Like, you know, would that change? No. I still love those two the most. There's a reason they're the biggest ones. There's a reason, you know, those were the ones that they chose to go forward with. You know, they, they signed them for one album on Covenant with Giant. And then based on the success of that, they got them for one more and then they signed Napalm. They signed, it was there, there was a weird interplay between Earache and Giant for a while. And while that ultimately failed to be a big, you know, experiment, uh, it was a big deal. And it started with them. That was the one apparently Covenant, but based on what I'm, you know, because the Norwegian Black Yeah, that one had the option for five albums after that. Yeah. It was apparently Covenant and then how big of a mainstream success it was, was the ultimate, uh, thing that led the reaction uh in the norwegian black metal scene i didn't know that that that's interesting so covenant and domination it's going to be mostly that shit that those are my jams but i want to shout out the old the whole discography with the uh you know the exception of the one but if i had to go with any one song i want to shout out rapture from covenant you know killer way to start that off it had another video. I think the videos for that and uh, God of Emptiness are supposed to be linked because they're both black and white and they take place in a weird monastery and something like that. But dude, that that just the, the crazy shit that Pete's doing on the drums and the interplay with the guitars and stuff, that's a killer way to start that album off. It's considered by a lot of people, I don't know 
I don't know. I'd really have to do some soul searching, but a lot of people also, in addition to being the biggest death metal album of all time, think it's the greatest. Damn, that's... I'd have to think about that, but I could understand that. I could almost see that from a front-to-back standpoint. Yeah, yeah. As much as I love Cannibal Corpse, like the only one I could think of that I really love front-to-back like that would be like maybe Bloodthirst. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's hard to say. I, I, that, that's a whole different discussion for another day. But yeah, because I mean, there's a, a lot of there's a lot of death metal stuff where I'm like, as an album, it's like I like songs. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of bands that are, you know, there's a lot of bands that are like that. There's a lot of musical styles that are like that. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, like this isn't the perfect album. It's close, but this isn't a perfect album. So when you think of your perfect albums, man, I mean, they're probably probably a little more few and far between when you're thinking like from front to back, mm-hmm. like yeah, everything exactly. on there's awesome. Like it's not that easy to no. do. <laughs> you could say that with hardcore. You could say that with a lot of things, but yeah, it's not that easy to yeah. do. I could understand why covenant would be in that discussion. How about you? Number five. Uh, my number five is Dawn of the angry. I love speaking of the long progressions. And then it repeats. That's a long progression, dude. And then it's got the big fucking double picking city on there, dude. But I like how like for one, it starts with the Yeah, that weird Yeah, industrialish almost kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that weird sound. And then it goes right into that fucking just double picking double bass city, dude, like big time. And then it's got the fucking, you know, the fucking like you know and then it you know has the little thrashy fucking part and then it's got the fucking instead of like the long progression it's got a shortened version of it and then it goes so it's got like a shorter that gives it kind of a just a different pacing and then it almost like it's almost like a breakdown it opens up almost like that like it's almost like release right there like so most like my list these have been my this has been my top five forever yeah that's that's the, that's where i was coming from I my list see, didn't change a whole yeah my, a i wanted to see if that might be a possibility and it, it, uh, mine is what it's been for as much as i tried years. i mean i tried to get something off the new stuff i tried to get a little more tucker thing you know a little more of the tucker stuff in there i just i just couldn't so you and i are in the same boat yeah dawn of the angry that. has been a favorite of mine forever. Oh, I just dude. fucking love that song, dude. Is it possible Domination's a, an underrated album? I think it's massively underrated. <laughs> I guess maybe it's just because like I wasn't like a super fan when like Covenant came out and when fucking Blessed came out and you know, and I'm not just a fucking death metal dude. Yeah. Cuz I mean, that's who I could see having a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Guys that and girls that just like death metal because let's be real, some of the most closed-minded fucking people on this fucking planet are death metal fans. Unfortunately. Oddly enough, not necessarily death metal musicians. Yeah. You'll find yeah. that they usually tend to listen to a lot of different things. Absolutely. Um, but death metal fans can be some of the most closed-minded people I've ever met in my life. Mm. Uh, you know, and that's just the way it goes. It's fine. You know, like whatever. You don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah, we know but, plenty of death metal fans that are fucking some of the most open-minded people too, um, you know? Those are the dudes that I could see listening to this album going, yeah. Yeah. Because that to me, that's that's who this album would not be for. Right. You know what I mean? For everybody else. I know tons of people that really hate death metal, but they like where the slime live. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what pisses people off about, you know, maybe that's what pisses off the death metal fans. 
but how'd you get in our club yeah i mean but you know you know yeah it's it's one album okay fine they've had two fucking clams for you like whatever listen to all the other stuff you're fine it's cool you know and you know what when you're sitting at home and no one's fucking watching you and i know you're listening to where the slime (laughs) live yeah it's okay man your secret's (laughs) safe with us you don't have to tell anybody it's fine we all know you're doing it it's a safe place yeah we all know you're doing it it's okay oh that's great what's your number five my number five I'm going with, so it's a toss-up, and I have to decide right now. I'll go ahead and say, I'll go ahead and say Heretic. From, um, is it the album's Heretic? Yeah, because it's H. I think it for me, it's more of a time and place thing, because it was the summer I was graduating high school. It was everywhere on uh, Headbangers Ball on MTV2. Yeah, the sat, the production wasn't as strong as their prior efforts, but I just, I like all the crazy double bass stuff, and Steve Tucker doing his thing, and they had the video on there where they're like, in a field on fire or some shit. And it was the lead. It was on the soundtrack for the um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot, I want to say. How random is that? With Jessica Biel? That was when they just started throwing metal, random metal stuff on any random potentially teen appealing horror movie in the early 2000s. That's weird because this album disappeared for me so hard I never saw it anywhere. Yeah. But, I mean, I wasn't the, watching MTV. I didn't really watch horror movies. Mm-hmm. But, but so, I mean, yeah. you know. I think it was a time and place thing for me because Heretic's not looked upon very fondly, but I mean, it's fine with me. It's just like, it's, but, but, yeah, when you compare the production to pretty much whatever bookends the Steve Tucker material, yeah, it's pretty weak, but it wasn't a complete deterrent for me. So I think for me, it's more of a nostalgia thing, really. But it's a fun song for what it is. I'm sure it sounds awesome live. Uh, how about you? Number four. So my number four is, so I went and saw difficult Henry before I joined difficult Henry and they had this song title in their set list. And I was looking at their set list and all I could think it was like, so there's two things with this song. One, this, this difficult Henry story. I remember asking them, tell me that's a morbid angel cover. And they were like, no. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so, okay. Hopefully the song's cool. Turns out it's awesome. I love the song. But the other thing was uh, we had a drummer, another shout out to a friend of mine, Jamin Duell, big Morbid Angel fan. And uh, he told me that this was his all time favorite Morbid, you know, like one of his favorite songs ever. Definitely his more favorite Morbid, Morbid Angel song. And I think because he told me that I started listening to it a little bit more. So that was before the difficult Henry thing. And then when, when you know, so I'd listened to the song a bunch of times. I think it's fucking great. And you already mentioned it. It's Rapture. Nice. Again. That long progression, but the biggest part for me for like this song, dude, is that fucking like that shit is fucking gnarly as fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. Like so fucking hard, it's slow, groovy. You can hear everything that's going on. It's not overly fucking technical because they do get kind of over even with their slow stuff. The technicality of the time signature gets weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like for a lot of their stuff, this was just kind of a straightforward, fucking heavy ass breakdown ish type part in this fucking song. It's fucking heavy as fuck. Yeah. You know, but that fucking. Like, it's just so good. Like, there's a lot of parts in that song. Oh, yeah, dude. There's tons of it. Like, the fucking drum shit going on there is just. I just think. I mean, this. This one almost, I mean, I, I was, when I was looking at my list, I was like, I mean, I just wrote down my, like legit just wrote down my top five. Yeah. I didn't have to listen to anything. 
I was like, oh no, this is my top five right here. This almost got bumped up, but I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, no, it's still four. Still at number four. But yeah, dude, I mean, it's an excellent way to start the album off. I mean, I, I guess I heard the stuff a little bit later. Not much, though. I mean, it was, you know, I'm not even a full year later, you know, but I couldn't even imagine being like a Morbid Angel fan before this album. Mm hmm. Hearing the stuff from Blessed Are the Sick, Alters of Madness, and then all of a sudden having this album produced by Fleming Rasmussen, yeah. fucking like all of a sudden open up with Rapture. Like yeah. to me, like, fuck, man, that would have been a really cool like position to be in. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, no it's fucking awesome. Like, I love it. Oh, yeah. All right. Number four for you. My number four. So this is what I was battling with. And I and it was because I was listening to it on the way over. I was like, now nah, this has got to be it. It's going nothing but fear off of domination, dude evil fucking it's just frantic it just it sounds like you're being just to me i always just picture being fucking just swatted at by demons or something dude i don't know it's just it's just so sinister dude and it's and it comes after um melting it's another one of those little interludes the creepy interlude yeah. things, which are all over that album and just uh, just it's so fucking heavy dude the the rhythms they got on there that that disc borderline discordant riffing hold that thought yeah that fucking do like that's sick as fuck yeah, but yeah that's one that's 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 pretty chaotic you i feel like i'm being attacked the entire time you know what i mean yeah it, like, well, that's, so and- that's one thing i always liked about them like when they go into like blast mode mm-hmm. right they get out of groove mode and they go into blast mode dude there's not a lot of bands that are more chaotic than fucking than morbid angel yeah. like they're fucking it's pure chaos dude like it's insane there's a lot of times man you can get lost listening in this band because i mean they can get into riffing and drumming over top like drumming underneath of that riffing where it's just like Man, it takes you a second to figure out what the fuck is even going on. Yeah. But it doesn't sound spastic. It just sounds chaotic. Yeah. Like, like holy shit, what's happening right now? Pete Sandoval is already a super, super, you know, regarded drummer. It's almost still, even then, it's almost like he's kind of underrated. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's very, I, I think this whole band, I mean, maybe not Trey with the stuff that I read, but I think the whole band is pretty underrated as far as like in the grand scheme now granted i mean i guess one of like what covenant made the top 75 yeah of the, the rolling one, stone the 100 albums of all time or something like that like yeah so obviously they're not that underrated but i mean when it you know yeah it's just in the sense that i i just don't know uh, or have never met a lot of morbid like really true morbid angel fans like where they just really love morbid angel yeah like i said i know a ton of fucking people that like morbid angel and listen to them frequently but it's not like their favorite you know absolutely myself included (laughs) i also think that pete sandoval like i mean and 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 trey as a fucking guitar player are they're very high on their respective lists mm-hmm. you know what i mean to if me you, yeah never listen to world downfall by terrorizer solve that immediately dude fucking uh, i'm not awesome. a big fan of terrorizer but they're I'm not a big, i'm a big grind guy bad so, yeah it's I mean, david for, vincent it's, it's especially for grind Angel. i mean you know yeah pete uh jesse pintado before he left for napalm yeah uh and the dude i believe the singer was from nausea 
Uh, so it's a all-star pedigree right there. <laughs> or what does that put us at? That uh, puts we're you at number, number three. three right yeah. now. Um, this, so this is one of my, my soul, my one Steve Tucker song that I have in my top five has been since the first time I heard it and it's summoning redemption from gateways to annihilation. Nice. It's got the weird, is it crickets? Yeah, it's frogs. It's frogs. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I always I remember it was some to- type of. I always love that story about it being frogs, dude. Like, like it's that's such just a weird they, sound. Yeah, and it's like throughout. Is I think if it's not throughout the entire album, they just kind of seep it back yeah, into the songs. Yeah, because like that's the idea. Is that's just what they heard outside the studio because they're in Florida ass swamp, right? So they're just there, and so it's like trying to capture the essence of what it would be like recording that album, which I thought was wow. A good that's yeah interesting idea i just thought it sounded kind of creepy like it's really fucking weird sounding oh, okay check this out the intro track is called kawazu which yeah. is the archaic japanese word meaning frog which explains the sound of frogs croaking oh well fuck yeah talk about on the nose <laughs> uh, but i love that dude like, like you want to talk about putting a little artistic flair a unique artistic flair in there that's that's in there man yeah the fucking little staccato fucking gnarly opening riff of this fucking song it's a great way to kick it off. Fuck, it's just heavy as oh, this fucking one's, shit, man. This one's recorded by Jim Morris at Morris Sound. Okay, there you go. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's weird because this sounds really good. Yeah. Not any, it, I mean, yeah. he's, he probably figured it out by that. Yeah, but it, and it's not Scott Burns. It's, it's Oh, well, yeah, okay, yeah, that's the, true. It's, it's the not, actual guy that's yeah, in the studio. Yeah, Morris. That's yeah. true, yeah. Because I was going to say, this album, the, the album, that's another thing. This is almost one of the most normal death metal sounds that they have. Yeah. The absolutely. guitar's... If you listen to any fucking, if you, no, if, <laughs> if you listen to all of the Morbid Angel albums and asked, you know, okay, which one doesn't sound like, like which one's guitars don't really sound like Morbid Angel, you'd probably pick Gateways. Like, yeah, I think. I could buy that. I mean, it does, it just, it doesn't have to me like their signature Morbid Angel, like weird kind of mid heavy sound. Yeah. It sounds, it does sound like more of just like a regular fucking death metal album. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of fucking good stuff on it though. And I mean, you know, capped off by Summoning Redemption. It's fuck, man. Like yeah. it's just a fucking heavy as fuck song. It was the first time I noticed Steve Tucker. Mm-hmm. Like really noticed that it was you know like okay this is not David Vincent like this dude is a fucking death metal fucking singer and like I said I thought this was his first album with the band hmm. you know like I did not realize again I didn't listen to Formulas a whole hell of a lot so yeah dude the fucking heaviness of this song oh it's just fucking killer dude I mean and again like with all these songs just so you know like all the fucking solos I mean they're all awesome like especially for what he's doing whether you think he knows what he's doing or not you know it just it, it, regardless of what you think about the actual technique or style of the solo it certainly fits that's one thing i will say this man like he definitely fits every song like his solos tend to fit every song even if they're not supposed to yeah you know mm-hmm. what i mean like like you said with nothing but fear like the discordant factor like even if that's what it's supposed to be i mean he definitely pulls it off in almost everything he does yeah um let's see let's go let's go to your number number three three. so my number three and i had i struggled with i i I really struggled with the placement about all of these for a while but i think i'm pretty happy with where this is going to be at 
arguably the definitive, and I mean, we get into streams later and that's a whole different thing, but if you asked a lot of people, I think this would be the definitive Morbid Angel song, which is God of Emptiness. Evil. Dude, I didn't watch this video when I was a kid, but if I did, I could see it really fucking me up. Dude, gradually Well, yeah, fucking Metallica fucking scared you. Yeah. uh, Fleming Rasmussen again and black and white. But dude, gradually turning into the titular morbid angel at the very end and all the weird monk dudes or whatever in this monastery. But it's so, there's just something about the sinister nature that's just so fun. It gets stuck in my head all the time. I'll just start randomly going, you know, fucking, you know, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it's, it's catchy. It's I I don't know just how like many more things. Just like the snake got slithery, dude. And the whole world thing, divide. yeah. Where like that shit the, is so fucking cool. Yeah, the the spoken word aspect. The yeah. uh, even if you want to call it singing, I was thinking about the this. almost opera shit at the end. Yeah, Bow to me, which I guess was controversial. Whatever. Yeah, it's just, there's oh so yeah, many dude. Cannibal Corpse doesn't do shit like that. Obituary, yeah. DSI, none of them do anything yeah, like that. But it's nothing just like that. Added dimensions, dude, and I love it. I was thinking they're hyper dynamic. Yeah, you know, even vocally with David Vincent. I mean, yeah. obviously, Steve Tucker didn't do a lot of stuff like that, but it's, <sighs> there was an element. Dude, he was. This is like Steve Tucker is like a beast. He's like a. It's almost like a corpse grinder as beast, just fucking stocky, fucking uh, kind of barbarian. Vibe, you know what right? that was weird was like both of their fucking singers just happened to be the bass player too. Like that, I always thought that was pretty strange. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, uh, fucking what's his face, Mike Brown, drumming and singing on uh, in the early Morbid Days. Yeah. Uh, which which Camley did in death. So this too. song, this song, like, dude, the fucking, this is a like a long, slow progression. Yeah, like a weird time for like, times that are like down, 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 down. Oh, so that's what I was gonna say. Was Tucker's more the like that's the whole like because they replay that exact thing. So I mean, that's not like four different parts. No, no, that's one huge long progression. that they repeat through it again. Yeah. Now, one thing I always thought was weird was on the album I had, like back in the day, it didn't have the different parts. Hmm. Like, did you notice that? I guess not. It says, I wonder if it's on the Spotify one. I can never remember the fuck what it's called because like I've, it was never there when I when I had it before, like on my actual fucking album. Oh, I see here. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. One, the accuser. And then it cuts off, so I can't see it on Spotify. But uh, the accuser and the tempter. Yeah, the accuser and the tempter. So is the tempter the second part where it does that? Maybe nah, bow to me nah, faithfully. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I've never. It doesn't really specify. Hmm. I have never thought of that. Let's see. It is probably their big. Oh, it's like, on there. Yeah. You know, streams aside, it's probably their best. Their best known song again, Beavis and Butthead. You just start seeing bow to me faithfully. I guarantee you, even people that anybody that watched Beavis and Butthead, like on the regular mm-hmm. they may have never heard that song again yeah they'll remember that part i think this is i mean like, i'm pretty sure you have like a fucking 81 percent chance yeah most definitely. i just made up that percent no, I'm but, whatever. but yeah so whereas steve tucker's more the big like jason Voorhees fucking muscular dude i always thought it was david vincent as the the evil dude right he's his fucking nickname's evil d which i feel like that's something he gave to himself which yeah like like he evil was, d yeah Ooh. yeah hey different time um but like yeah the whole you know it's so the, the the bow to me faithfully thing i was starting to think never heard anybody else do that and not that i'm saying he sounds like him but the closest thing i can put it to is like peter Steele. peter Steele, yeah oh yeah. yeah i've never thought of that until now i think this is their most covered song too right 
Who's covered it? Fucking corn, which I've been trying corn to find footage it? of forever. They yeah, they were supposed to do a studio like version. Like when they were young? Recently. Recent? Because um, they, they only wow. started covering South of Heaven in like 2000, and then in recent years... They, they cover South of Heaven? Yeah, but not the not the whole thing, just the uh, intro thing. Huh. Um, it's a great intro. Yeah, but like I could see them doing a sick, because that was the thing, was one of the things Korn got from Death Metal was the groovier aspect, and they cited Morbid... Or not a... They cited Obituary and Sepultura, like their groovier stuff, but I mean... The groove of Morbid Angel would make a lot of sense with Corn, and I could see Jonathan Davis doing a sick rendition on that. Uh, and then the other one I I re- remembered the other day was Obscura, and I like Obscura, but like Dude, I listen to Obscura all the time. I didn't know that they covered this. Yeah, it's a bonus track on the first album. I think they they cover a grip. Of, they they did a Lack of Comprehension and something else by well, Death. Yeah, I know they've done like a lot of Death stuff. Yeah, but- Suffolk, Cynic, and I re-listened to their their uh, God of Emptiness cover, and I'm just like. That's neat. Just listen to the original. You know, they didn't really put a new spin on it that really needed anything. So is it, I guess it's not on, oh wait. I think I had to go on YouTube. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Oh no, it's on Spotify. It is? Okay. I'm going to check it out real quick. Yeah. To me, like the guitar, the, the, um, the guitar doesn't sound, it just sounds like one guy playing it by the book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and just kind of like, I don't know, the guitar didn't seem like it was that into it. It like, made all those other covers make more sense for Obscura, but not that to me. It's it's just a very different kind of death metal, you know. I good on them. Oh, even the Suffol one doesn't make sense. I mean, but I've said before, like they should cover the entire fucking human, human album, yeah, dude, you know, for sure. Oh, number two, number two. Oh yes, dominate. Nice. It's funny you say that. That's my number two as well. <laughs> nice. That song. Oh, man. Dude, it just starts the whole fucking album off on, you know, it's like, what, two-something minutes long. It's fast. It's pissed. Classic fucking staccato. And straight to Blast City. Dude, the fucking double-picking city and the fucking chorus. I guess you can't really call it. Can you call it a chorus? What, they're just going, we will dominate. Maybe it's not a chorus. No, but I mean, dude, like the, yeah. you know, and then uh, even how it, I love how it ends, just the fucking, we will dominate. Yeah, and then it trails off. You yeah. know, and then it segues right into fucking where the slime whip. So, yeah. yeah, it's just heavy as fuck. Almost reminds me of, like, you know what it reminds me of? Well, actually, the other thing reminds me of Dominate by Morbid Angel, but Sick by Slipknot reminds me of Dominate because it's, you know, a shorter jam, heavy as fuck, just kind of like balls to the wall fucking kind of thing. You know, but it's got that fucking yeah, yeah, the bridge, yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah, dude, it's so fucking sick. Like you know, um, another one that reminds me of that too is um, Arise by Sepultura. Yeah, you know, like it's just a really kind of a faster song, yeah. and then it has like one solid like little breakdown piece, not too long, and then it goes back into the fast. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, but even that one, Arise, that one goes right into Dead or Embryonic Cells, which is like one of those fucking more popular songs. Mm-hmm. Has the the big fucking, you know, breakdown and then the yeah. solid fucking middle piece or whatever. It's like a, it's like the same type of song as like where the slime live. And it's like, it might be blueprinted just from this right. where it's just like, okay, like maybe that's the thing. It's like, you just start your album off with this massive fucking like banger fast track. Yeah. And, and then, then you go into the, yeah, you go into like your, your big <laughs> normal song, song. Yeah. I, you know, like whatever. So you don't want to call it an intro, but it definitely no, but starts I mean, it off. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, 
you know, I like what he's fucking saying to you. Like, if you yeah. just need to pick me up, you know, dude, like, you like, just want to fucking dominate. So that was the thing was they were like very, very, you know, I mean, they're still anti-religious, but the, the satanic themes were definitely there. And then they kind of peaked in covenant. Like that's definitely their most satanic from here on. It's more of like, uh, you don't need religion. You need yourself kind of thing is what I, you know, is, this is kind of the theme of the, a lot of their stuff now, but like, especially on dominate as a servant, I'm serving myself like fucking, that's a sick line, dude. That it's it's a consummate song, dude. It's it, it was damn well near my number one, if I'm being honest. Yeah, man, I was really, I was like, man, that'd be so cool if they yeah. played this live. But I mean, I get it because I mean, at the time, like I said, I didn't think they were playing anything fucking yeah, yeah. old. Take the pleasant surprises where you can. Well, I guess Arise came out before this, so I guess yeah, it probably yeah, took yeah. it. If if that was the template. Mm-hmm. Which I, you know, it might not. It's I don't. I'm not saying it is. I, yeah. It's just a similarity. So and speaking of cover songs, dude, the the rendition by um, Aborted. Does Aborted do one too? Aborted does dominate. Ooh, I guess I never heard that. Uh, I was gonna say through the eyes of the dead when they went from deathcore to straight death metal. Nate Johnson singing that song, jizz all over the place, dude. Dominate, awesome song. Okay, so <laughs> pretty sure I fucked it up and aborted. I was thinking of the song Arise. By Sepultura, they do absolutely cover that. Um, they do not cover Dominate. I don't remember what cover of Domination I heard. I did hear somebody do it though. Hmm. So, lucky number one. That's your number two, also. Yeah. Type that down. All right. So, my number one. People might think this is kind of weird, but I don't because it's been my number one favorite Morbid Angel song since almost the first time I heard it. Uh, Lions Den. Dude, you want to talk about the groove, the fucking, that kind of like that longer tremolo picked fucking progression. That part in this song was. It's got the weird little time thing, little off time thing. But also like, I mean, there's that part where it's just like fucking just Pete Sandoval's fucking kick drum. And he's like, whips crack. Centurion, you know, like, dude, like that shit's sick as fuck, dude. Like, I don't know, it's it's always been my fave to the point where I mean, I kind of want to listen to just a minute of it right now. Do it up. So, like that double that double kick that's going through the fucking like, dude, it's so fast, but like the snare's not fast. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it opens it up and lets the guitars kind of, like, fucking really fucking get in there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so fucking groove for, like, the whole fucking thing. But it's, like, kind of like a, a, it's a, it's weird because it's, like, a slower, almost swing-type groove. Yeah. But it's at a really fucking fast interval. So, I mean, I mean, it's, everything's just, like, pretty quick. You know, I'm. You know, that's one thing, man. I mean, I've never known a lot of their lyrics. Yeah, that's true. Even though you can understand them, it's just they're just you know, like I said, a lot of times I'm so busy listening to the music, I just don't even fucking pay any attention to what they fucking say. Yeah, fair enough. But you can absolutely tell everything he fucking says. But yeah, dude, like Lions Den, you know, it's probably the third fucking. It, you know, it might not even be the third most popular on that album. Right. You know what I mean? Like. Like I said, that was the one on my list that might kind of make people question, you know, because I think probably, yeah, like, I mean, I probably world of shit or like vengeance is mine, blood on my hands, which I mean, oh, they played blood on my hands when, when we saw them, that's what they closed with. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, those, those are probably even more 
well known than Lion's Den, I guess. But that was the only one I thought that was like kind of different. But I've always thought that. I've always thought like, oh yeah, like my favorite Morbid Angel song like is one that's not really like one of their top fucking songs. I, I, it's almost like, well, yeah, I like the standard shit that everybody else likes, you know. And like, obviously, they have some of those other things, those deeper cuts. But like. You know, for me, they're probably a little bit fewer and farther between. But yeah, that's dude, my number one. Like, that first groove. Like, I mean, that stuff stands out so hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I've had this talk with some people before where it's like, you know, I mean, it used to make the joke of like, oh, you know, if, if you know, I listen to a lot of death metal, if I, you know, people say like, oh, you know, they're just not very good songs. It's like, well, if I want to hear a good song, I go listen to Tiny Dancer. Like, right. But you know what, dude? Like, especially like, it's especially the older ones. I mean, obviously, even the newer ones, you know, what do you, it really comes down to what do you consider a good song? Yeah. Because for some people, they're like, oh, you know, like, you know, I, it, you know, I got to, it's got to be memorable. And I'm like, well, fuck, man. Like, the Oscar Mayer Wiener song is not a good song, but it's memorable as fuck. So, yeah whatever like to me it's got to be more than that but they're very song oriented yeah you know like i mean there's there's definite repetition you know and and it wasn't until a little bit later when the whole brutal fucking part came in where they kind of got away from that a little bit less it wasn't as catchy yeah and to me that's the separation is like the brutal stuff was less catchy you know maybe a little bit less memorable and stuff but for what it wanted to do, which was to be brutal the whole time. Like they definitely achieved that. Like, but the older stuff, I mean, you know, from cannibal corpse to deicide to fucking obituary and morbid angel, like they just, they wrote really good songs. Absolutely. You know, the parts made sense and, and you could tell, you know, songs apart, you know, not everything had the same tempo or the same style of beat and, and, and they didn't just blast the whole time or they didn't just double pick the entire time. I guess in that realm, I guess I could see where, you know, maybe these guys are a little, could be more popular. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, especially more in Deicide and Obituary. I mean, they're probably the second most popular death metal band. Yeah. You know, I was trying to think of that, like, cause for a while I would swear they were the most popular, right? And then the following year after Covenant comes out, fucking cannibals in ace ventura right and then it's, well, yeah it's exactly ventura, not just uh, ace so ace ventura for cannibal fucking beavis and butthead for morbid angel deicide yeah. never had anything like that really and you know neither did obituary you know but obituary maybe andrew wk yeah you know might have helped them out a little bit but they're not as popular dude so it's like yeah have you ever looked at that list of the top 10 selling death metal bands of all time when it was released 15 years ago it's very no, interesting. No, I, I remember hearing something about like Cannibal Corpse easily was the oh, top yeah. selling. Deicide was too. Really? Yeah. And I was like, huh. is it because they got that buzz for, oh, he's like ultimate Satan dude because he's got the cross on his forehead. Meanwhile, 10 years later, he's singing about his divorce. Different time. Because like, if you were to assume who would play the bigger venue, Morbid Angel would definitely be above Deicide now, right? Well, yeah, uh, but you know, plus they went on that fucking tour with Pantera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that probably helped him out too. And they were the first, isn't that wild? You know what yeah. I mean? Like that, that probably helped him out a little bit. Like, I just, I always thought that you know, of the big four, they were probably the second most popular one. Yeah, most definitely. Um, they're that, probably the easiest one to get into. Yeah. For me, to me, they're probably the easiest. I mean, because John Tardy, like you know, he just has that sound. Like yeah. even though their music's probably a little more simpler. Mm-hmm. 
it, you know, Tardy's vocals are a little bit harder for some people. Yeah. Obviously, Cannibal Corpse is, you know, they've, I mean, they're fairly technical, um, very fast. Especially um, the further their career went And on. super fucking low vocals and stuff at, at start. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Deicide, you know, with the, the Satanism and stuff, you know, I could see where that would just kind of, like, people would have a hard time with it, where, like, Morbid Angel, even though they did have the occult and the Satanism stuff, they had, they were slow enough. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and there was cl- something to grab on. There was vo- a lot to grab well, on. And vocally, they're clear enough. Like, yeah. it's, I just felt like they were probably the most accessible out of all of them without being commercial whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody tells me, like, oh, they fucking sold out and they, you know, they went radio, like, you're full of shit. This shit is not commercial. Beavis and Butthead was, you know, Mike Judge was, you know, they were able to have whatever video they wanted on there. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it had come down to what was actually being played on fucking MTV, dude, Morbid Angel wasn't all over MTV. No. You know, like they just weren't. That type of music wasn't on there. That's why it was awesome to see it on Beavis and Butthead. It's like, holy fuck, like we actually have somebody playing this shit. So, yeah. Most deaf. Anyways. Not anyways. The word is anyway. That time, <laughs> you're number one. So I said this was going to come back at some point. Oh, dominates awesome, and I had to put it on number two because it leads perfectly into my number one, which oh, is yes. where the slime live. My the first one that I really, really fell in love with and learned the words and fucking that was the song I practiced to when I first started trying to get into uh, extreme vocals. So it took me this long to realize David Vincent's actually a much bigger influence on me than I realized. Um, after revisiting this, like, like it's consummate, dude. It's it's so sick. I, I guess there was gonna be a yeah, yeah. sounds like a thing from Kroll, dude. Yeah, dude, it's so great. The uh, I guess there was gonna be a version of Dominate released where or uh, Domination where it was. Uh, it was going to be encased in green slime or something. But Sick. They had to, but they had to back out because they found out it was toxic or something. Oh, like, well, that's uh, unfortunate. That's but yeah, like, though. dude, fuck, man. Yeah, just like Slayer and all those other bands have the one where it's the, the blood or whatever. Yeah, dude, and where the slime live, like... It's an extension that's of That's one of the hardest riffs ever, dude. Yeah, dude. There's a reason I always think about it so much. It really is infectious, you know? Dude, and those fucking kicks underneath it, just fucking... Yeah. Oh, fuck, All the verses. Yeah. Oh, man. And, like, talking about, again, God of Emptiness with his spoken word and his singing thing, that little fucking laugh he does at the end. Yeah. Oh, dude, even from the fucking down, like, when they hit that fucking, like, those stops where it's like, you know, like... You know, it's just fucking sick. They have the like the little backwards sounding riff in the yeah. middle of it. Like, I mean, fuck, it's so well put together. And like everything in the fucking song is just hard, dude. Like yeah. when it picks up in the bridge. Yeah. Everything's heavy in this song. Yeah. The, the sheer. Fa- and again, maybe people hate on this. I don't really know. And I don't give a fuck. The phasing vocal effect in the. Dude, that sounds fucking awesome. You yeah. don't know why? Because it doesn't sound like every other death metal. Yeah, singer. that's like, true. <laughs> it sounds awesome. So it's like, fuck, man. Like, yeah, dude, that shit's fucking. It's a great fucking song, man. I think like I'm listening to it on my way home. <laughs> I don't blame you. Like, oh, it's man. it's a really good one, man. Like, I fucking yeah. I love that song, too, man. Like, just the. You know, when we first were like, oh, Morbid Angel. And when I was first going to go see him, I was kind of like, oh, man, like, you know, I'm not the biggest Morbid Angel fan. But I mean, at the same time, it's like going through, especially the stuff I don't listen to all the time. 
Yeah. yeah. And that's what really got that. me. I was like, wow, dude, like there's, they have a ton of stuff that I fucking love. Like mm-hmm. it is just like, wow, you know, maybe I underrate them also not even underrate them, but maybe I underestimate like how much I like them. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, because you know, going back through and you're like, oh yeah, this song. Oh yeah, this song. Oh yeah. Fuck, I haven't heard this one in a long time because yep. like when I, you know, make my fucking blank CDs, like it was just, you know, you only have room for like 16 tracks or whatever. So it's like, all right, you're going to pick the fucking, the ones you listen to most as the, you know, as every band goes on. I mean, they have more shit and it's just like, oh man, like I got to find room and I didn't want to make two fucking discs, yeah. even though I've done that. I've cut. done that for other bands, but still yeah. like, I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it was you tend to listen to what you consider their, their, their greatest hits, Absolutely. you know, and that's when you forget the deep cuts, you know, and it's like, all right, cool. So every once in a while, man, you have to take some of these older bands that you have a lot of history with that have a ton of material. Yeah. And you really got to fucking go read between the lines and, you know, and remember some of that other fucking stuff. Cause if you're like me and you're old and you used to listen to full albums, you've heard the songs you know, even though even they, they might be, they'll be new to you now. You know what I mean? Even though you've probably heard them a fucking bunch of times. Yeah. You know, but if they weren't one of your favorites, you kind of zone out when they're on or you fast forward it past it or whatever the fuck. And it's just like, all right, cool. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow. Like, okay. So that was the trip was the first couple of times I did their entire discography. I, I, I did them in order. Right. And then I was like, what if I do this? And I, uh. And I got, I put, made a playlist of the entire discography minus Illude, da, da, da. and then I just put it on shuffle, and I just experienced it that way, and it just kind of oh, yeah. kept it fresh, and it was, it was invigorating, you know. Oh so yeah, for sure. Good. So real quick, we'll do the biggest streams, and this might be surprising to some of you. I was surprised by what number one was for sure. Uh, so in the fifth, we got Chapel of Ghouls from Altars of Madness. Again, it's it's pretty. A lot of people like Alters of Madness. Right after the... Oh, no, sorry. Fifth is actually Pile of Little Arms from the new one, Kingdoms of Disdain or whatever. Yeah, Kingdom Disdained. Yeah. Then it's Chapel of Ghouls. Then it's Maze of Torment off of Alters of Madness. Then the second biggest one with 1,712,516 plays is Immortal Rights, the first song off of Alters of Madness. That makes sense. What's the number one most played? <laughs> I am morbid. I am morbid off of fucking that one album. The album everybody hates. Yeah, which but it's probably like, the best song on that entire album. It's like weird industrial metal kiss God of Thunder, right? Is like, kind of, yeah. Oh man, so that's confusing, but it must be on some sort of playlist or something. So could be on a playlist. Also, there's a band called I Am Morbid. So Okay, so yeah, I was gonna bring up real quick. Here's what David Vincent's up to now. Obviously, we said he did Terrorizer and Jenna Torturers. He replaced Lemmy in some um rockabilly thing. So now he's also doing I Am Morbid, which is all the stuff he did with Morbid Angel with Tim Young on drums as its own thing, which I was like, well, if Steve Tucker's only playing Steve Tucker stuff in Morbid Angel, maybe that makes sense. But now that that's not the case, I'm like, fuck that. I mean, good on him. But uh, so then this new thing he's doing, and I want to say it's it's like Ultimus with a V. So it's V-L-T-I-M-A-S. It's also got flow from Cryptopsy on drums, and it has some dude named Blasphemer that apparently used to be in uh, Mayhem. So it's an all-star project. It's actually pretty cool. Give that a shot. Hmm. So he's still doing his thing, but so is Morbid Angel. So good on them both. Go listen to Morbid Angel also. Fuck yeah. 
that is our top five for Morbid Angel. Um, send us emails. Hit yeah, us, us up on social. Like. Let us know what your top five Morbid Angel songs yeah. are. Are you more of Vincent or Tucker? Are, are you one of the guys that only likes Alter of Madness? Let us know. There you go. And follow us on all social media. Rate and review. Subscribe. All that good stuff. All right. Thanks I think we us. are done later. See you soon. Bye-bye.